helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Deborah Fox Gansenberg, who will be talking with us about how to raise perfectly imperfect kids and be okay with it. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our time together. I am so excited to hear more about your new book. Really, the the whole idea of the book is... Um, co-authoring it with Lisa Sugarman. She, she does such a wonderful job bringing the dialogue to a very humanistic level. And it gives the you know, audience, the readers, an opportunity to just commiserate and laugh and um, really you know, join the experience of some of these very difficult, challenging, uh, ugly, messy spots in parenting. And then for me, I'm able to come in and join the dialogue and bring forward some tips and concrete tools so that when someone is being challenged with, um, you know, a child being told no, or um, when your kids are afraid and having difficulty separating from you, um, these are just, you know, basic topics, but we give some really nice um, concrete tools and tips on how to help parents through some of these tough spots. Um, so the book is essentially um, a wonderful way of, it's, it's a, a fun parenting book um, that's not dry. It will definitely make you laugh and then you'll walk away with some great ideas. So can you tell me for our listeners, what, what age of children are we looking at here? Is it every age? Is it infants forward? Well, it's a, that's a great question, and we get that asked a lot. Um, you know, parenthood, in my opinion, and being a parent for over 20 years now, I think that my experience in, in this, the content of this book is that it's really to aid any age. Uh, granted, we're, you know, we're not essentially parenting an infant um, quite yet, <laughs> um, but simple things like sleep, getting through the night, um, getting them on a schedule. Yes, yeah, some of this is adaptable to any of those things. Um, and then all the way up to kids flocking the nest and, and going into college or um, heading out on their own into an apartment um, or living on their own. These are tips and tools really that you could apply to any part of um, or any stage of parenting really. And so you're a therapist and you bring yeah. your clinical skills to this book? Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm a psychotherapist and I've um, been doing this for over 25 years, which is frightening to say because um, <laughs> I'm only 25. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, yes, I've been doing um, clinical work uh, for quite a long time and it's been in so many different capacities. Um, and what I've been doing the last 20 plus years is um, I started a business actually with my business partner who happened to be my mother, um, believe it or not. And we started a, a, a company together called New Beginnings Counseling Service. And um, it just was a place where we were able to provide services for any age 
and all different, um, you know, settings for a family, couples, individuals, small groups. And it, so it's just been lovely. And my passion always has been kids and challenges um, with kids who might have learning differences. And so a lot of um, another half of my business is customizing um, school services and private schools. Um, so we, I have a team of clinicians and they go out and um, I supervise them and customize the services in the school that they are placed in. So um, it's lovely because it's given me an opportunity to do some um, agency-based work um, and some school-based work, working with faculties and teachers and parents and kids, as well as working after hours with some of those same kids from the schools um, or faculty members um, and have a place to come and do some um, exploring and growing and resourcing um, at the office. So it's been wonderful. And so I love that with that wealth of experience in the community as a mom, as a psychotherapist, oh, yeah. <laughs> you are able to bring a great deal of real life skills, tips, tools, wisdom into the book. Right. Yes. I'm a mom. I have three boys. Um, who I, I love dearly, and um, I know they've taught me um, so much, as I hope I've taught them. Um, and two are in college, and one I still have in the nest um, as a sophomore in high school. And I think what's wonderful is um, it's it's really taught me that 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 the part of my life which it has to do with parenting is just an amazing opportunity to, I don't know, um, experience the world through that lens and watch my kids grow and also help families um, that come into my office or that I see in the schools grow. And, um, and really, I love having the opportunity that when these families might not feel as though it's going successfully or the outcome isn't what they want, that I'm able to guide and help them um, go in a different direction. So in all of your years, and moving back a little bit to the book on working with families and children and relationships, mm -hmm. how many times have you encountered a perfect parent? <laughs> I think I've, <laughs> I've encountered, that's a beautiful question, Carla. I think, you know, what I've learned is a lot of people come in with the belief that they need to be perfect, but I have to be honest, and I include myself in this, is that I have never met a parent who is perfect. And um, the hardest part, I think, is really setting up expectations that are realistic. And one of the things I try and tell parents all the time is that we are never going to really truly meet all the needs of our children because it's just, it's really almost an impossibility. And so it's okay. It's okay that we don't, um, we aren't perfect and that our children aren't perfect. And so therefore, there's opportunity for a lot of slip ups and as Lisa calls it, messy, you know, messy situations. And so um, one thing that I find myself talking a lot about um, is how important it is to understand that you come into my office, I don't really see it a perfect parent. And so that means we're imperfect, which means there are mistakes happening, which means a lot of different things. Um, and my hope is that I give you tips and tools to help navigate to a better place. One of the 
biggest, most common things that I try and help parents um, understand is that when, it's not if they mess up, but when they mess up, what to do. And I, I have this whole, um, you know, theory that it, it means that you're, you're acknowledging that you don't like what's happened or the outcome. And so, or you don't like how you're feeling and that it's an opportunity to loop around and acknowledge that with your child and or anyone that you're in a relationship with to then be able to discuss from your experience, what didn't go well and what you might own or apologize for, and then give the floor to the other person to understand, hey, yeah, I didn't like when you yelled at me or called me this name or said I didn't do well. Um, and it's an opportunity to repair and communicate so that you can then reconnect again and grow and, and continue on. I think a lot of times we parent children the way we think they need to be parented and that is important for us to you know try and establish but one important piece that is missing in all of this is that um, sometimes our kids need to um, be uh, have a kind of space to be able to say that that isn't working for them or that is working for them and so I really encourage parents to ask children more often, what is it that you need right now? You know, you're, you're messing up or this isn't going well. And so as parents, oftentimes we step in and do what it is we think they need. And it's so empowering for the child to be able to find their voice and have an opinion and a say about what might need to happen next, instead of us as parents thinking we know what that is. And I love how the book that you and Lisa created, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It, is a beautiful platform for parenting from the ground up so That's that right. you can find these foundational skills that are effective for parents, for the community at large, as you're saying, but really to be able to utilize them in the home environment so that parenting doesn't have to be so scary, so consuming, and so chaotic. That's right. And when we do a book talk, what we have learned when we walk away, we had a lovely one last Sunday with a group of parents um, and some teachers were in there. And um, it was wonderful because they felt so at ease. They said, this is just so freeing and so, such a wonderful container to be able to be no judgment and it's okay and drop your shoulders, take a deep breath. You know, parents are so afraid that when they mess up, they're going to upset their child forever. And the good news is, hopefully, you know, unfortunately, there might be things that impact children in a greater way, which we're not discussing in this book. But in general, uh, it's just wonderful for parents to feel like when they dig into this book, um, there's, you know, it's possible. It's possible to raise wonderful kids um, and know that it wasn't because you were perfect at it. What are some key ideas you hope readers take away from this wonderful book? Well, I think we talked briefly, you know, obviously um, the first one, which was looping around and understanding that when we do make a mistake and um, we have 
maybe had a rupture of some sort, that there's always opportunity to loop around and repair it and reconnect with our children and move on from it and learn from it. Um, I think the other piece when reading this book um, is that I, I hope other, when, when people come to read it, that it is a judgment-free zone. And we talk about that in the introduction that, you know, no one is here saying, oh, why would you do that? And what, what, are, you, what are you thinking when you would do, you know, make that kind of mistake? Um, it's really hopefully people feeling like it's a judgment-free uh, experience. Um, and the other is, I, I think one of the biggest themes that um, there's a lot of uh, what I write about in this book is about being gentle to yourself and having self-compassion um, as a parent um, for yourself. Um, that we are, you know, we are too hard on ourselves and, and our world today is such a, um, a difficult place in so many ways. And to step back and remember that you need to fill your gas tank um, because we fall empty quite often because parenting is a physical and emotional uh, process that depletes us. And so if we don't stop and take care of ourselves and our relationships, um, we aren't going to be very effective parents. Um, and, and, you know, in our world today, parent, lots of homes uh, have both providers working and, and parents not as, you know, energetic at the end of the day. And if you're not taking some time to take care of yourself, um, parenting is a whole lot harder for sure. Don't worry about what everyone else thinks about it, you know, whether it's about your parenting or about your taking your time to take care of yourself. I think parents are so afraid of what the person looking over their shoulder is thinking. And I really hope that parents hear uh, throughout the book um, how important it is to do what's best for you and your child and not worry about what, you know, the Joneses are doing down the street. We, we talk a lot about that in the book. And I think if you're going to worry about what everyone else is doing, um, you might, that, that, that impacts your parenting and in a way that isn't healthy. And I think letting it all go and, and being okay with the decisions that you're making because no one else has your child. And no one else really knows the needs of your child the way you do. And so you need to take care of them um, in the best way you know how. Absolutely. And to absorb wisdom from solid sources like your book and then yeah, fine tune them to make sure that it's right for your situation and then proceed forward. Otherwise, to use a very clinical term, parenting can be crazy making. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you know what? If you're not finding you're, you're doing well, you enlist the help. And that's the other thing we talk about, you know, that it's okay to say, you know what, I need somebody like Deborah. I need somebody like Carla. I need somebody who's going to be um, a resource to guide me um, because I'm not happy with the outcome or I'm not feeling comfortable with it. And so that don't, don't, um, you know, feel badly about that. Absolutely. I am thrilled that you brought that piece up to normalize the use of mental health services, a right. psychotherapist, a support group, some source that can give you a bit of a objectivity, get you a little bit out of yourself and the emotional part, which really comes up when we're parents and we want to do our best, yeah. but we might feel like we're failing, right? That it's certainly appropriate to reach out for professional support. And in fact, sometimes the wisest, most courageous thing you can do. Absolutely. I, I, I always praise the person who ends up 
finding my door and walking through and, and encouraging them that, you know, there are a lot of people out there who uh, don't have that capacity and sometimes they don't have the means, but um, I, I really encourage people to reach out for the help. And that's the, uh, you know, one big reason why I was happy to be part of this project was that there, you know, not everyone does make it into somebody's office and get the help they need. And so this is another way to give people out there um, who enjoy reading a, a place to find help um, and get some um, ideas, specific tools and tips that will help them along the way. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in bibliotherapy that if you can't yeah. afford, you know, a private psychotherapist, if your community doesn't have a good parenting group or support network, bibliotherapy for the price of, you know, often under $20, you can get some amazing sound advice that you can keep in your bedside cabinet, unlike a therapist. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny, a lot of my clients who've read the book, um, and that I've seen throughout the years, a lot of them have reached out and said, wow, I hear your voice um, because a lot of what I share in there, I share in my office. So um, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, which is that um, sometimes a book is just as, is, uh, offers just as good advice as, as being in person. So absolutely. Deborah, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been such a joy and a pleasure. Where can our guests find you? Well, um, Lisa has done an amazing job putting media out there. And so, of course, the book you can find pretty much anywhere, whether it's on Amazon or Target or um, any of the Barnes & Noble books, bookstores. So you can find our book in a lot of places. And as far as myself, I do have a, web, a website called um, newbeginningscounselingservice.com. And you can find everything that I'm doing, um, whether it has to do with a podcast or the book or a radio show, um, you can find me there. Um, and also on Instagram um, at Fox Gansey, which is my handle there. And then with the book, um, we have started a radio show called Life Unfiltered, which talks a lot about what we talked about today and so much more. And so Lisa has put together um, a page on Facebook called Life Unfiltered North Shore 104.9 FM. And also the same is on Instagram. So come find us. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together, we laugh together, heal together, and we love forever when we read together.